There was a Texas gubernatorial debate on Friday, which we break down an overview for you. We talk about how you should be thinking about your vote and the Republican Party as a whole going into November. The Texas comptroller, Glenn Hager, is refusing to punish a gay bar in Dallas. And groups like Texans for Lawsuit Reform are refusing to support the entire statewide ticket with Ken Paxton. This is what we cover today on The Luke Messias Show. News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of The Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty. Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. We had a governor's debate, and I was not able to watch it live uh, on Friday because my wife and I were hosting uh, a monthly dinner for some members of our church that we host, and so we were having friends of ours over for dinner, but I was following along, uh, like most of you probably, getting texted from friends who were watching live and seeing different things. I'll just tell you my overall takeaway from it was that uh, Beto O'Rourke lost mainly because he needed to win that debate. He needed something remarkable in order to help him stand a snowball's chance in hell of being the next governor of Texas. And he failed to deliver anything that was incredibly memorable. And so Beto's performance uh, was far underwhelming compared to, I think, what people thought what they expected of him or he was capable of doing. And so that was a huge win for Republicans. Um, I don't think Governor Abbott did a particularly amazing job in his debate. He's never been a good debater. It is likely going to be what kind of keeps him from ever being a serious presidential contender is the fact that he really um, doesn't stand incredibly strongly by certain ideas. He's pretty flexible on what he stands for. And so it just makes it a lot harder to be a super clear clarion communicator. But that being said, we are glad that Beto O'Rourke did poorly. That is good for the Republican ticket in Texas. I'm going to talk about really uh, at some point before voting starts, I'm going to have a conversation with y'all about uh, how you decide who you vote for going into November. Um, I, I just think that it's an important conversation. I've had a lot of talks with various um, grassroots people across Texas about what they're deciding, how they're deciding. And I think it's really important for us to kind of ask how we look at the Republican Party. And that's the question we have to answer before we decide who we vote for going into November. So we'll have that discussion uh, in the in future episodes. But Today, the takeaway is that uh, neither of the candidates did incredibly well during the governor's debate. If you missed it, you didn't miss much. I wouldn't actually recommend you go back and watch it because there's just not a ton of huge takeaways. I will say, and I'll play a clip for you in just a moment, uh, that Governor Abbott did come out and say that he wants to eliminate school property taxes. And let's be clear, this is a strong statement from the governor on an issue that he has been pretty quiet about. Um, he mostly ran for re-election on this message that we worked hard on property taxes, that we passed a bunch of reforms, that we did a bunch of good policy. He's now actually turning around and saying, we need to eliminate your school property taxes. And we have the money to do most of that in the $27 billion surplus that we are going to come into this next session with. So if the legislature was really serious, they could take a chunk out of a, a huge part of your school property tax bill. And um, and so the governor did that. In fact, we'll just cut to this short clip of him 
telling you exactly what he's going to do. My goal is to eliminate the school property tax that's imposed in the state of Texas so that people can genuinely own their own home without being taxed out of it. I do appreciate uh, Governor Abbott coming out and saying that. Uh, that statement, so you can own your own home, is a really important statement. These, uh, This is along the lines. It's the exact same narrative as Don Huffines ran for governor on. He said, I want to eliminate property taxes so you can actually own your own home. And we talked about that on this show. Um, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility have said that for a very long time. The reason we need to do this is so that you can actually own your own home. So this is Really good to hear, especially, you know, one thing to consider is the fact that with interest rates going up, mortgages are becoming more and more expensive. And so that combined with rising property taxes really does make homeownership completely out of reach for so many Texans. And so his willingness to come out and recognize that and say this, again, it's really easy for people to say things on the campaign trail. We all we all know that. We have low expectations for Republicans following through on most of their promises. Here's the thing to remember, though. Conservatives should always be excited when politicians who have not delivered consistently for us take strong positions in line with what we want to see them do. That is always a good thing, okay? You can also say, oh, well, I'm not sure he's actually going to do it. That could also be a true statement. But you should never be disappointed that they are willing to come out and say something uh, in line with your values. We talked about this last week with Dade Phelan and Carl Rove and Robert Nichols and all these sellout Republicans who are watering down their message when it comes to abortion, when it comes to preserving and protecting human life. But in this instance, Governor Abbott is coming in line with what conservatives are saying needs to happen. So again, Always a good thing if we are able to get that out of our Republican officials. And that being said, that leads us into one of the things that came up today, which is that the Texas Family Project and American Principles Project came out with a statement really taking on Glenn Hager. We covered this a little bit, but just to give you the backstory, a couple months ago, Chris Hopper with the Texas Family Project, Tony McDonald, who's a conservative attorney, uh, both were quoted in a Texas Scorecard article talking about the fact that For those drag shows done in the presence of children where the performers are lewdly dressed, they have a potential problem in that state law, as it's written, gives the Texas comptroller the ability to find those businesses and say they have conducted activities that make them a sexually oriented business. It's a pretty simple situation. And so uh, that call to Glenn Hager uh, led to him announcing that he was opening up an investigation on Mr. Mr. And don't Google Mr. Mr. Gay Bar Dallas because you'll go to a website that's very inappropriate. And What you will see is that the grassroots basically called on Glenn Hager to say, hey, there's this gay bar that of all the drag shows at least seems to uh, have crossed the line to where you could find them, right? And this would be doing, let's say, DeSantis-like actions. I don't know if you remember, but like DeSantis started to go after some of – one of these businesses, I can't remember exactly what he was mad about, but he was found some obscure law passed in like – 73 that he said, hey, based on this law, they can't do that. And and he has been willing to use creatively the laws on the books to punish the left who are going to war with all of us. And so this was a simple situation like that where they basically said, hey, can Glenn Hager 
do this? And the answer is yes, he can. And he announced, hey, I care about kids and I'm opening up an investigation, which is the kind of thing that you hear a lot of politicians say. And so the real question was like, well, what are you going to do with this investigation? Are you going to decide these he, – he's got a couple things he could do. He could say, this is totally appropriate and I don't have a problem with it. OK? Probably won't do that. He could also say, uh, I don't think I have the authority to find them. Okay. Basically, I'm not willing to get creative at all with the powers that my office has. The tens of thousands of employees that I have, I'm not going to use them to protect these children in any way. Now, just a reminder, Democrats never really take this approach. Okay. Democrats use the university system to indoctrinate your kids. Democrats use the FBI to lock you up, to arrest you, and to take you out of society, to persecute you. They use the power they have against you. And Glenn Hager was simply asked by the grassroots, can you issue a ticket to this company and make them pay a couple thousand dollars or whatever the amount is to punish them for doing this that maybe sends a chilling effect and message to other people like, I don't know if I want to cross the line. I don't know if I could get in trouble. Well, we're two months into it. He still hasn't done anything. So the Texas Family Project and American Principles Project, Chris Hopper, Terry Schilling, great guys. And if you're not familiar with their work, you should be. You should go to the Texas Family Project's website. I think it's texasfamilyproject.com and sign up, engage with them because this is an organization that is out there being the tip of the spear on these issues, okay? But they put out a statement and they said uh, together with Terry Schilling with the American Principles Project, they said, Glenn Hager has refused to use his power to protect Texas kids from vile and obscene drag shows in Texas. Grassroots conservatives have called upon Hager to act for nearly two months, but he has yet to take any action to protect children from this obvious abuse. Um, they continue to go on and, and uh, the statement's several paragraphs long. But I think it's really important just to bring this up. And here's the thing. Glenn Hager has largely gotten a pass. I mean, he has done very little uh, when it comes to, I, I would say, conservative has conservatives have asked very little from Glenn Hager, okay? He's been there. He ran for comptroller as I'm a super pro-life, pro-gun Republican, okay? Those were his ads, so he didn't run as like, I'm the best numbers guy ever. And he got there. And, and just before I talk about this issue, I'll tell you a good thing. One of the things Glenn Hager has done well, that he definitely has done way better than Harvey Hildebrand would have, is that he has lowballed the revenue estimate. So that's one good thing that he has done. Um, and that's helpful for conservatives. It gives legislators a little less money to go hog wild in their spending and to give all these Marxists that hate us more money. Okay. But there's a lot of other stuff that he just hasn't been pushed to do. And I really think that this drag show situation has all of a sudden put a little spotlight on him to say, like, how is he going to react? And I think there's going to be a lot of questions about how Glenn Hager reacts over the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months. This is a guy who's in a position. He's raised $9, $10 million in the bank. He's a statewide official who has who is well positioned to be like the next lieutenant governor, the next governor. But all of a sudden, when one little request is made of grassroots Texans, I mean, you literally have grassroots Republicans and the party on one side and a debaucherous gay bar in Dallas that's sexualizing kids on the other. And Glenn Hager doesn't know which side to choose. So that should be talked about. I have to talk about it. I like Glenn. I've met Glenn on numerous occasions. I voted for him to be my comptroller. I've never had a big problem with him. I haven't told people that he's bad in any way. 
But y'all need to know this. He's completely failing on this issue, and I don't know why. He hasn't even come out, like, let's say he came out and said, hey, I don't think the law, as it's written, is as strong as I'd like it. I'd like more teeth in it. Okay? I think conservatives would like that. I mean, they'd be like, hey, the comptroller's being honest with his interpretation of the law, and he said he needs more teeth in the law. And has he even asked the legislature, like, I'm working with state reps to make sure that we can pass laws that give me more uh, enforcement mechanisms and a, and a clearer statute to go after every single one of these businesses doing this? Has he asked for it? No. Has he said anything? No. So, like, we don't know what he thinks about the current law. We don't even know if he thinks the current law is insufficient. Does he want to change it, right? Because what if he said the current law is insufficient and then left it at that? That would basically be what we get from all these sellout Republicans, which is like, I'm not complaining. So it might not be insufficient for him. Maybe it's sufficient because he's glad that he doesn't have the power. I don't know. This is the problem. But he's a duly elected public official. He went to taxpayers. He asked us all to vote for him to put him in this position. And I did. And many of you did. And now he has to do something. It's a pretty simple request. I'm grateful that the Texas Family Project and American Principles Project are coming out on this, pushing him where he needs to be pushed. He deserves to be pushed and prodded. And that is happening. Great to see. And you know what? Here's my hope. I hope that Glenn Hager is able to rightfully respond and take the action needed. Because we can be united. This is what's so frustrating. I talked about this last week. I talked about this the week before. Who are, who are the Republican officials refusing to unite for November? They're all the moderates in the party. All of these Republicans coming out and talking about rape and incest exceptions for abortion, they're refusing to unite going into November. All of these rhino Republicans coming out saying, well, I'm, I'm going to vote for Abbott, but I'm voting against Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. I'm going to vote for Mike Collier. They are dividing our party going into November. We get told the conservatives are the ones who divide everybody. Well, they didn't look like that. Look at the playing field. We're all playing on one side and we're trying to get to one touchdown. And the people who are teaming up with Democrats to try to get them a touchdown, get some points on the board, are these moderate Republicans. And then you fast forward a week and now you have a Republican comptroller who doesn't even know if he should find a gay bar in Dallas who's sexualizing kids. That's really frustrating. Again, I would not put Glenn Hager today in the camp of Glenn Whitley or Betsy Price or any of these, just to be clear, Dade Phelan. He hasn't been there. He never has been there historically. He's not teamed up with these moderate left of center rhino Republicans. But I can tell you right now, like this is, seems like a pretty easy request and the guy's nowhere to be found. He's hiding. It's really frustrating. So my hope is that what we see is that Glenn goes back to the grassroots instead of, you know, Moving in the wrong direction. Because I will tell you this, Republicans are moving really far right on issues like this. They are ready to go to war with the left who's set on sexualizing kids. That's what they're set to do. That's what they know to do. And if you're a Republican that doesn't know to do that as well, it's not going to bode well for you as you move forward politically. Michael Sullivan wrote a piece uh, last week talking about this kind of unity and unifying that uh, Texans for Lawsuit Reform, one of the largest 
probably the largest, I would say largest right of center pack in Texas. Okay. And there's like different groups, realtors pack and these other things, but, but Texans for lawsuit reform is really probably the largest, most influential right of center pack in Texas. Okay. And they are right of center. They're not significantly right of center, but they are a right of center organization. And they spent a lot of money attacking Republicans in the primary. They went after Sid Miller and tried to beat him in the primary with James White. They went after Ken Paxton Hard and tried to beat him with Eva Guzman, who came in third. And now we're in a situation, everybody knows this, but public polling all has Ken Paxton several points below Greg Abbott, okay? It has Ken Paxton underperforming Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick. Likely Ken Paxton will be the lowest vote getter. That's the anticipation. That's the expectation. And that's the concern of a lot of Republicans who want to make sure that every Republican wins. And so if, if Greg Abbott wins by 10 points over Beto O'Rourke, then Ken Paxton is probably fine. If Greg Abbott wins by six points over Beto O'Rourke, Ken Paxton is probably in a close race. And so if that happens, what does it look like? And so there's questions about who all is supporting the entire Republican ticket. And Texans for Law or Suit Reform has decided to not support Ken Paxton for attorney general. And again, their donors historically are all re mostly Republicans. They support a ton of Republicans. They say Republicans are necessary and they're in lawsuit reform. They're in the legal arena. But they have come out and said that they're not going to uh, help in any way make sure that Ken Paxton is the next attorney general and not the Marxist liberal running against him, who Democrats are likely to put a lot of money behind. So that is a story at Texas Scorecard that has come out. Um, and it's really kind of a question. I think it's a question. It, it, it hasn't been a question, but for the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden people are saying, okay, Mike Collier and all these people like, who else, who, who are the rest of these Republicans who aren't going to vote for Dan Patrick, for Ken Paxton? Who, who are the Republicans out there? Who are the people that are telling you, I'm a Republican? So like you should ask your state representative, your state senator, are you voting for Dan Patrick? Are you voting for Ken Paxton? I think every one of them should answer the question. And I hope they do. Because, and I'm going to get into a little bit of a precursor for probably my next show, but the Republican Party is a tool. You don't vote Republican because of some loyalty to the GOP, okay? You don't go like, I just, I'm a, I vote red. I don't care what they do. That kind of attitude makes you a sheep that gets used by them to literally like usher in a decline of society a little slower than Democrats would have done so, right? A lot of us literally see most Republican politicians as people who will um, essentially allow for a managed societal decline is a term you'll hear used. And all that really means is Democrats want to take you into a socialist hellhole, right? They want to go there. They want Marxism. They want identity politics. They want a divided country. They want any person who holds the Christian values that our nation has been founded upon to be relegated to insignificant portions of society. And then most Republicans are basically, uh, Saurabh Sharma, a friend of mine, uh, said, orderly caretakers of America's decline, okay? Like, well, we're going to fall away, but we'll just kind of make sure it's done in a slow and orderly fashion, okay? If you feel that way, you 
have a kindred spirit in myself because that's my frustration many times. But here's the thing. Why would I then vote for Republicans if all they are managed caretakers of America's decline? Because they are a tool that can be used. Greg Abbott caved and finally started investigating parents who were sexually transitioning their kids, which eventually got shut down in the courts, but has set us up to actually ban it this next session. Glenn Hager opened up an investigation on these on this gay bar. He hasn't done anything about it. But if, if you were a Democrat in that position, there'd be no point. Like you can get these people to do the right thing. Now in Glenn Hager's position, maybe it's because he agrees with us. I hope he does. In Greg Abbott's position, like we know he doesn't agree with us. He, he literally like refused to support any of the policies that were going to ban sex change surgeries on kids until the very end of the special session when he knew it would die. I mean, it's, it's, it's very disingenuous, but it doesn't mean that he didn't eventually have to take some action. When Don Huffines called him out for having this pro-LGBT uh, sexualization of kids language on CPS's website, it came down within an hour. That would never happen if you had a blue administration in the governor's office. So the reality is we know that Republicans can be made to do things that we need them to do. They are a tool that you as a Texan can use to accomplish what you need accomplished. Anyways, I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. Thank you for telling Texans about it. I will tell you, it's very encouraging. Our last week's episode on Dade Feeling and Carl Rove got some phenomenal... Uh, Got great feedback from it. A lot of people who were emailing back saying, I'm sharing this with friends of mine. I'm talking to people about why this is happening. I'm emailing my Republican officials saying, why is why do we have Republican leaders saying this kind of stuff? Really appreciate y'all taking the information we try to pull together and give to you and sharing it with your fellow Texans because that is what gets more and more people engaged, informed, educated, and empowered. And ultimately, that's kind of what we try to do here. So God bless you and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to the Luke Messiah show. This program is brought to you by scorecard media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things. Texas scorecard media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.